0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today I have my friend Rebecca Clea with me, uh, who is a health and nutrition coach. And we're going to talk about a lot of things that uh, I know I sometimes struggle with, you know, because I know sometimes our identity ends up getting tied to things like how much we might weigh. And that can have an impact on how we view the world, how we interact with other people. And I know for myself personally, my weight has fluctuated up and down. And obviously, as I've done that, I've had different thoughts about myself and about the situation that I am in in life. And so whatever you do, the fact that you're listening to this right now means that there's something in today's episode Mm -hmm. that you need to hear from Rebecca. So with that, let's roll that episode. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous. Some may seem ordinary. And they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic and entertaining podcast now let's roll that beautiful podcast footage all right Rebecca I'm excited to be with you today (laughs)
2: I've
1: got to say you're one of my favorite people um I know I know that we haven't known each other for very long but there's something about you that just really really resonates with me so i'm I'm excited that we're together yeah.
0: I feel the same way about you it's it's like one of those like kismet things right <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's like where have you been all my life sister you know <laughs> so I you know maybe just to start with just give people kind of a, a thumbnail of who you are and what you're doing and then I, I want to jump into kind of your story and how you kind of got to where you got right so sure. so maybe just start off with that just give people just a couple minute quick quick who who you are and then let's let's get right into it
0: sure yeah so i am thrilled to be here i'm really excited um as you had mentioned i am a health and nutrition coach but i know that there's a lot of health and nutrition coaches out there so i have a couple of different things that i specialize in uh, one is working with high achieving women who are just kicking ass and crushing it in their life. You know, they have most things, most days under control, right? So they run their family, they run their life, they run, you know, the business, or they're you know in a leadership position in their company, and everybody sees them as a powerhouse. And they just have everything together. But On the inside, there's something that they're battling secretly, and it's they're tying their self-worth to their scale. So, you know, this is a woman who is waking up every morning and either fighting the urge or giving in to the urge for could be years of stepping on her scale and looking at what the number is. And whatever that number is, it's gonna dictate what her how her entire day goes, right? So how she's going to interact with people, how she's going to interact with her family, her coworkers, strangers, even, you know, if that number has gone up, even, you know, three pounds from the day before, that could completely throw her whole day and her whole mental, you know, health off of off kilter. And maybe it, you know, affects a presentation or it affects how she interacts with her kids or, you know, it's, it's something that goes down to the core of who she is and becomes her identity. And she doesn't really know how to cut the tie with the scale. So I work with women who are just crushing it, but also battling the silent, you know, silent issue. But then I also have a background of more than 15 years in branding and advertising. So I was on the teams who were creating these brands that are, Reeling people in and making them feel certain ways, especially lifestyle and diet brands. Uh, I worked on Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. and so the colors, the images, you know, the the way that they're positioning things on the screen, all of that good stuff, the words that they're using, um, it's reeling them in. So you're getting a, a really a false sense of hope to a point, you know. And so I'm helping to women to cut their ties with the scale to get to the root of their issue and then also become aware of what their environment is doing to them so we can redefine what perfection is. You know, everybody wants the perfect body, but what is perfection? It's different well, for and, and,
1: and that's funny too, you know, because there's, there's a lot of stuff that's set up in there. I mean, there's, there's these whole ideas and stories mm-hmm. that are just bullshit, right? right? Like, I mean, you look at something like BMI, Right. (laughs) And, and it's, you know, you do the calculation. It's like, I'm supposed to be like 140 pounds. There's no fucking way. I'm going to be 140 pounds again. Right. I mean, I was, that's what I was in high school when I was running eight miles a day in cross country. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm, I'm not going to be that anymore. And so, and so I need to cut ties with BMI necessarily. Right. Because, because that's an unrealistic Mm -hmm. expectation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, you know, unless I want to spend four hours a day in the gym, <laughs> and I'd rather do a lot of other things and spend four hours of days in the gym. Right, right. But but this is so true. And especially like you said, I mean, there's in and, and, and I'm sure, you know, sometimes it's a three pounds, sometimes it's a 100 pounds, mm-hmm. right, because everybody's in a different state, you know, maybe some yep. people need to lose maybe they're 100 pounds overweight right mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they need to lose all 100 pounds but when you get to that point obviously there are some some health issues right, right. That, that start coming right. up and there's an identity associated with that but to me too you know like you said it's it's sometimes the people that it's just 3 pounds right. you know it's like i know some people and and they do they're like their world starts falling apart at 3 pounds yeah or 6 pounds and and, and it's like no you still look good i i I have no idea that you you know it's like you're still looking really good. What are you talking about? You're fat, right, but people jump to three pounds, and now all of a sudden they start kind of you know feeding that identity of mm-hmm. I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, right. where everybody else is looking at you like girl, you could you could stand to add a few pounds right you're looking pretty scrawny <laughs> right,
0: right, right, and you know. I call a lot of the weight that women really beat themselves up over. So it's one thing if you wanna, you know, maybe you need to lose a hundred pounds because of health reasons, right? Um, and you still wanna be body positive and you still like who you are, you know, to a point, but you you need to lose weight for for health reasons. But then you also have the women who just really beat themselves up over those five or six pounds, you know, you. You go out to eat the night before with some girlfriends. You have you know, a couple of drinks, you have an amazing time, you have all these memories you're making. Maybe you didn't drink enough water during the day as much as you usually do. You get a terrible night's sleep. You step on the scale the next morning and you're five pounds heavier. So I call that not real weight, it's not real. You know, women can carry, depending on how much you weigh in general, um, they can carry up to 13 pounds of water weight, you know, Mm -hmm. so somebody carrying five pounds from day to day, I mean, it's natural for a woman to fluctuate five and six pounds up or down every single day, depending on what you eat, depending on what you do, how you take care of yourself. So, you know, you go to holiday parties, right? And the holidays are just around the corner. So that brings a lot of anxiety up for women, you know, how am I going to get past the stress and all the the cookies that I have at work and all this stuff, you know? Um, Or you stress out about going out to lunch with your coworkers or taking a client out because you're not going to be able to be on your diet, right? Or you're, you might have to eat off-limits food. And then you step on the scale and you see those couple pounds and it just rips your world apart and it's not real weight, you know? Well, it's
1: Yeah, I like that you brought that up because like you said, there's water weight. There's also intestinal weight, right? Like literally you might have to let some shit go and that could be a few pounds right there, you know, I mean, depending on if you're backed up a little bit. Um, And yeah, because there is, there's a normal fluctuation. And so I know, you know, you talk about kind of cutting ties with the scale. Um, I haven't gotten on the scale and I don't know when, but I know I've lost weight because I just, you know, I actually, this last week I had to go buy, buy new, some new pants right because for guys (laughs) too it's like you know there's 34 you know I got I got up to a 36 right and that Mm -hmm. was like that was kind of hard for me because I was like man you know um actually in fact I think I almost got up to a 38 for part of it but anyway so I was back down to a 34 most pants I was in a 34 but now I've noticed um I need a 32, right? Cause we, mm-hmm. we have two, two inch sizings, right? So for some yeah. actually 33 would probably be great now, but I've been noticing, Hey, my third, most of my 34 size pants or shorts are a little too loose. And I'm having to scrunch the belt up a little bit too much. So I, I know I'm making progress, but I don't know how much I weigh. Right. So, right. so is one of the things to help, people on this and again folks we're talking about weight but we're not talking about weight
2: okay <laughs> and we're gonna get
1: there we're gonna get there but it's uh is is not having kind of that daily habit and beating yourself up of getting on the scale every mm-hmm. single day I mean because I'd heard a long time ago you know if you're gonna weigh yourself make it something like once a week because you don't want that daily fluctuation right. and to end right. up letting yourself, you know, beat yourself up over it too when it's yeah. not real weight,
0: right, right, right. And you know, one thing that I, I see the women who I work with, and it's probably one of the hardest things, you know, if I I talk about my program and I, I talk about what we do, and we're going to have to do this, you're going to do this, and you're going to feel this, and you're probably going to you know expect this, and then I come in and say. And I don't want you to step on the scale for the whole time. (gasps) Well, then how am
1: I (laughs) gonna know? How am I gonna know if I'm making progress?
0: Exactly, and you know, you just see even if they don't say anything, even if you don't have the audible gas, you just see this look over the face, like you know, all of these (laughs) things start cycling through. Like, can I run? Like, if I just click off my (laughs) and leave, you know, (laughs) you know, or can I just? I just have to get out of here. Like, it's the fight or flight feeling because it is women. They say, how am I going to know if I'm going the right direction? And God forbid, what if I go the wrong direction and I can't stop myself, you know, because maybe I'm putting on the weight, but I've had a lot of stuff going on and I don't notice that I'm doing it. So the scale is what keeps me on track. And I'm like, it's not though. The scale is what's holding you back. So, you know, I say, take that scale and put it in the trunk of your car <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can't get to it in the morning, right? <laughs> And see how you feel every morning. You know, the anxiety is going to be high in the beginning. But once you make it through a couple of weeks, you don't want to see that number because you know what it's going to do to your day.
1: Well, and I know too, you know, because you were talking about water weight, but I've, I've heard too, and I've experienced it myself, you know, if you if you haven't been working out, let's say. And mm-hmm. now you start working out. The other trap that a lot of people get in is they start losing weight and then they start gaining because they're gaining muscle mass. They're losing right. fat. They're losing inches, but they're mm-hmm. starting to gain muscle muscle mass, which is important, yeah. but that obviously is weight. And so sometimes people just, again, they start beating themselves up when, no, that's good weight, right? right. It's like replacing right. fat with muscle right. is good. Right. But, but they, but they start beating themselves up. And I think it's funny because it's, um, you know, I'm guessing, cause like when I've weighed myself, I usually want to be consistent. So I would do it naked in the morning, you know, right. first, first thing, but it's interesting, you know, and when you do that and then you start having those negative feelings, you know, the first little bit when we wake up is some of the most important time, and it would right. seem like if you're spending that time beating yourself up because of your weight, then you're setting kind of the intention and, and your emotional feeling for the whole rest of the day.
0: You know, it's funny that you said that because, um, you know, when you when you first open your eyes, the first minute or two that you're coming out of dream state, right, your body is has reset itself, essentially, it's you know, cleaned itself out, all your cells, everything is, you know, the circadian rhythm undone to a point, you know, to be general about it, whatever you did the day before, you know, it healed itself. And the first couple of minutes you open your eyes and you become, come back into consciousness, you start, if you start braiding yourself, you know, and going through your laundry list of what you don't like about yourself, when you have an opportunity of a clean slate, to set your intention, as you mentioned, with something positive and putting a positive vibration out there, it sets you up for your entire day. So if you wake up five minutes later, you go step on the scale, you've just completely put the energy out there into the universe that you don't want to be happy, right? You, you're inviting almost misery when you don't, you know, you don't want to invite misery, but you're bringing it in and you're bringing in all these negative feelings. So you're already digging yourself out of a hole before you even go down and have a cup of coffee.
1: Yeah. And we're, you know, it, it it sets ourselves up to not have that self-love that we all need to have, right? Because we're We're beating ourselves up. We're telling ourselves that we're fat. We're stupid. We're whatever it happens to be. Right. And again, Mm -hmm. this particular point, we happen to be talking about weight, but there's lots of other things like this in our life that, that are things I think, like you said, you know, where we're, we're keeping a secret. Right. Every, everything tends to, to, to look fine to everybody else who's looking at us, but there's some secret that we have that we're afraid to share with other people or some thing right that we're that we're kind of holding back on and 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 beating ourselves up about uh which is a really interesting uh thing right because again most of the people that we look up to Mm
2: -hmm.
1: they don't think very good things about themselves
0: (laughs) right right isn't that it's so interesting you know and that's one thing i struggled with um and i know we're going to we'll go into my background but you know i people looked at me like i had everything together i had an amazing career you know i had great friends great support everything that i wanted looked like you know i had but you know i had women young women looking up to me um you know people who and i know we'll go into mental illness and all that you know, yeah. good stuff, juicy stuff to talk about. But um, I felt like an imposter, right? I had even up until probably five years ago, I would have women, especially young women come to me and say, I can't believe you have everything together. You have all this stuff going on, you know, all the, every, the stories that we, we tell each other and we tell ourselves. But I felt like I was an imposter that I was lying to them because I didn't have it together inside. My worth, was not what I was telling women that their worth should be, right? This is before I I got into coaching, but once I feel like, you know, you eventually become who you're meant to be, you know, we call, call it Dharma or whatever our life's path is. And that's where I'm at. But, and so I always was a coach. I think, you know, I, I attracted people to come and tell me their stories and tell me, you know, their, whatever they wanted to get off their chest. And I was great at giving advice. I was amazing at it, you know, but it's not, I wasn't following any of it. So that brings that feeds into the imposter syndrome.
1: Well, yeah, because when we're, when we realize that other people are thinking certain things are happening, but they're not really happening in the background. Right. Right. That goes back to the whole self-worth thing Mm -hmm. too. Right. And so And sometimes it shows up in, in kind of some tricky little ways, you know, like, I mean, I'm working at loving myself more, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: you know, a lot of times I have, I've been guilty of using self-deprecating humor. Yes. Right. Because I I never, I never want to make fun of someone, someone else. Right? right you know maybe making fun of stereotypes or the way mm-hmm. certain ways you know groups of people might act or you know some of the things like that is different than mm-hmm. kind of personally attacking somebody unless you're doing a comedy roast right <laughs> and, and then they expect it and they're like bring it tell me what a piece of shit I am right you know I mean that's that's just but that's that's a specific you know kind of area for doing that and so so I would tend to use some some self-deprecating humor. Right? Yeah. Make, make it light but kind of making fun of myself and actually this week um I said something and my friend said never say that again oh and it was it was one of those where it was kind of like a kick in the balls for me that I needed to hear because it was yep. it wasn't I I have to be careful about the words that I'm saying
0: yeah
1: because what I'm saying right becomes my identity and so like you said if if we're five pounds overweight and we keep saying oh i'm so fat (laughs) right well you're still saying it (laughs) you know and and little things like that end up starting to reinforce to where our identity ends up becoming that and so if we've told ourselves, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, oh, I'm so ugly, oh, I'm so stupid, oh, I'm so whatever, right, yeah. that we're reinforcing, after a while, we believe it. And then mm-hmm. that's why, too, you know, I mean, so many times people have a hard time losing weight yeah. because their identity has been built into, no, I'm, I'm overweight. And so they can't let that go because there's usually other things that are that are behind it
0: right right and then that's when self-sabotage comes in you know if you're going to sign up for a program or you're gonna you know you set out with a goal a lot of women don't realize that they have this voice in the back of their head that says why even try right because you've never you haven't been successful yet so why would you waste your money why would you waste your time why would you waste your energy And There's this feeling of, well, if I don't try, then I can't fail. You know, that's everybody feels that across the board with anything that scares them, anything that puts them out of their comfort zone. So I feel that women hold themselves back and men, you know, when they they want to get into weight loss or self-love or self-improvement of fighting that voice of saying, well, why do you think this is going to work this time? Why waste your time?
1: Well, and I'll I'll say, too, this is not just a women issue.
0: No, no, it's It's a
1: man issue. I've gone through all this stuff, too. We just don't talk about it, right? We don't don't say I'm fat, you know, like women say out loud, but we're still thinking it, too, Mm -hmm. right? So this is a man issue as well. Uh, You know, so women, you can't just hijack this issue, right? It affects all of us.
0: We can share. We can share
1: but it's uh but it just tends to be vocalized more yeah right and and so you know weight is especially one of those things that tends to be vocalized more but we all have our secrets yeah as well right and sometimes we are terrified for people to be able to find out what those secrets that we have actually are um so, so we're gonna go there, but before we go there, let's kind of <laughs> kind of back up a little bit because you know i i your story I think is interesting too, on you know people know what you do now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but let's talk a little bit about how you got there and why you got there, right? So you already kind of mentioned that you're branding marketing, so let's yeah. let's kind of go back. Tell us your story, Rebecca. Oh. How, did, how did you get to doing what <laughs> you're doing? Um, because again, this is going to help people, you know, see themselves in you and realize that you're not alone, right? I mean, people are, um, are going through very similar things to what, what you're going through.
0: Right. And it's true. And, you know, something that I had to fight for my, you know, my self doubt was, Um, you know, maybe somebody looking at me and saying, how can she understand what I'm going through when she looks like that, you know, and I, I'm not oblivious to that. Um, Mm -hmm. Or how can they, how can she have any idea what I've been through, you know, and that's why I want, I like to tell my story because it doesn't matter what somebody looks like on the outside. It's all what's happening here and what's happening here. So you can have the same experiences as someone else. You might not look like them. And, you know, your background might be different, but you could still be on the same journey in the same path. And that's what I think women have to, to keep in mind, you know, cause it's so easy to judge, right? Everybody judges. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I had to get over when I started working in the specialty with coaching that I do. Because after I realize that, I'm like, nobody. It, it doesn't even matter, right? It's can somebody help you get to where you want to be? So, wow. Well, and a, and, a,
1: and I think yeah. with that too, right? Is somebody might look at you right now and say, "Oh, here's an attractive, fit woman." And honestly, I mean, you know, for everybody that's listening, audio. Rebecca could kick my ass. I mean, she <laughs> she is a badass. Okay, it's like I'm not even going to try to fight with you. You know, we're never going to get in a fight. But, um, but yeah. So people might look at you and say, "Well, I mean, you got everything going on, girl, right? How how can you help me? I'm a hundred pounds overweight. You don't know what I feel like, right? Right? But it's it's always interesting. So let's get into the origin story because a lot of times, you know, people that look great now were 300 pounds overweight. You know one of the guys that was on on the podcast a little while ago he was he was I think almost three hundred pounds overweight, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Dude, kudos, fuck, he looks great now, you know it's yeah. like, and so just because we see somebody as they are right now doesn't mean they don't understand us right They just might be a few steps ahead mm-hmm. in the journey
0: right. Right. And you know, I'm I'm five foot two. I'm small, (laughs) you know. And there was a point in my life that I was probably about thirty pounds heavier than I am. Uh, and that might not sound a lot to somebody, but But when you're five five foot foot two, two,
1: it's a lot, yeah.
0: It's very different, you know. And that was something that, you know, I I can touch on that too, but that was at a point in my life that I actually was more okay with myself. Um, than I was any other time because I lived in Scotland. And it wasn't as pushed on me with the media and other women as it is here in the US. Mm -hmm. So which blew my mind that I actually was okay. You know, and then as soon as I got home, all of the unraveling had to happen, right? All of everything that I fell back into had to happen.
1: Well, and that that brings up a great point too, right? Because especially, yeah, here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. we're very body-focused and there's a certain ideal that from marketing, which again, we can kind of get into because you've got background in that, of what's considered to be ideal. Where there's other places in the world, you know, Polynesia, they want big women. The bigger the women, the better, right? right? You know, I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny, right? I mean, there's... just have to throw little things like that in every so often.
0: You sing. I'm not singing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Well, 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 maybe we'll have to have you sing along later. Okay.
0: You don't want to hear that.
1: <laughs> no. But but it's a lot of it is is cultural based as well, right? And so yeah. even again, I mean, the body image stuff, like you said, even in Scotland, it's no big deal there, right? Nobody's you know was was getting on you about that. You didn't feel that pressure, where we do obviously feel that pressure here in the U.S. because we're marketed to and bombarded with Mm -hmm. these marketing messages uh, to get people to buy product, right? And so a lot of times, I mean, I same thing, I worked in the corporate world for a long time, helped make people fat, right, (laughs) by some of the products that, that our companies sold. Yeah. Um, and, and you usually have to try to make people feel a certain way in order to get them mm-hmm. to buy your product. So it's, it's kind of like this vicious cycle, you know, and again, I mean, some of the people probably have malicious intentions. Most of the people don't, you know, right. but, but it's kind of interesting. So yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about some, of some of that background and, and how you ended up getting here. Cause I think also, you know, your decision to leave corporate you know, for some people it's, it's a good thing to leave corporate for other people. It's good for them to stay there. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is different for every person. Um, But yeah, so let's, let's get into that a little bit more too.
0: Yeah. So I would say that my, my disordered thoughts started actually when I was a kid. I mean, I can remember back to being eight years old and sitting on a school bus next to one of my girlfriends and comparing the size of my thighs to her. I mean, an eight-year-old, that's, you know, you don't realize how impressionable kids are. You know, you say it all the time, right? But you don't realize it. And this didn't come from anybody I lived with. You know, my mom wasn't like this. It's not like I had role models that were pushing this image on me. It all came from just people around me, like, you know, general people that maybe I didn't know well, or the media you know, so, and the thing is that I'm very muscular, my bones, you know, my muscle structure, everything, I'm just a short, strong, (laughs) you know, muscular person. So you can't shrink skeleton. And that took me a long time to realize that things just weren't, you know, the size of my thighs just aren't going anywhere. That's just what they are. Um, And it took me a long time to appreciate that too. But You know, fast forward into my teenage years and growing up in the era of the supermodel and, you know, Cindy Crawford and Elle McPherson, um, Kate Moss, you know, the the chic skinny, right? (laughs) Uh, And uh, Victoria's Secret Angels. That was when they first started too. And so I remember my best friend and I, we idolized them. You know, that was just who we wanted to be but trying to keep up with somebody like that. And we went on all the weird diets, you know, like, and we had no idea what we were doing. So eating cereal four days, you know, four times a day. If you actually know nutrition, we were just putting carbs and sugar into our body. <laughs> but in our mind, we're just eating cereal that only had, you know, had no fat in it. So this was something that went through my entire life, you know, and in high school I had very disordered eating but I hit it very well because I was muscular. I ran track. Um, you know, I restricted my, my calories and my eating. And, you know, that's when I started the excessive working out, but nobody, nobody knew, no, not even my family, you know, and and it's, but it became my identity. So it wasn't something necessarily that I was ashamed of because it was who I was, you know, even though I didn't really talk about, you know, I talked about it with my best friend, but she was in the same path at that point that I was. So it wasn't, it wasn't anything weird, uh, and then fast forward to I was about 16 or 17. Um, I was misdiagnosed with I was bipolar, but I was misdiagnosed as just depressive. So you you wrap in a whole other layer of your brain chemistry and hormones and going through high school, which is just <laughs> I would never do it again to save my life. Uh, you know, people say, I'm going to go back and do it all. No, <laughs> no, <nope. laughs> no, I don't. But
1: me either. No way. No <laughs> way.
0: If I could do it all over again, it'd be my forties. <laughs> 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 That's where I'm good. Right? Yeah. yeah. Winding two years. Let's do that again. Uh, but, you know. Having that layer of mental health and not having necessarily the support of Anybody, you know, my mom was fantastic with it. She, she really was a huge support system, and she's the reason why I think I, I didn't turn out bad. You know, I didn't end up in a ditch somewhere. You know, because it was her. But, you know, without the support of, um, you know, hearing the media and being bombarded with that and struggling with my identity of what I should look like versus everybody else who's my age, and then going through all the emotional issues of being, you know, misdiagnosed. And uh, it was just, honestly, I'm surprised I'm here, quite honest, you know, getting through my 20s, I lived and I don't know how I lived because, you know, not being treated correctly with medication, which I'm not, I'm not saying that medication is for everybody. I'm not somebody who pushes meds, Uh, but if you need to be on something, then you need to be on it. And I didn't have that support or the support, you know, on the outside the environmental and being manic, mm-hmm. trying to like, I'm, I'm more of a manic person than I am depressive. And so, you know, and you and I were talking before, you know, we, we started that I don't look at being bipolar as a negative thing. And, you know, it's funny as I never have, it's more of like a, a superpower Because it fuels your creativity, it fuels you, you know, it's propelled me forward, it's given me my drive. And yes, there's setbacks to it. But it's really what has been the foundation of who I am. So I don't look at women who have a mental illness of any kind, as it's not something that's holding them back, you know, it's, you just have to learn how to work with it. I don't know if, if that makes sense, you know, use it.
1: Yeah, it does. And, and, and let's talk a little bit more about that because I think too, you know, with something like bipolar, right, there's, there's the manic and there's the depressive phase of it. Mm-hmm. And again, everybody's different. Some people spend equal time. Some people spend more time in one than the other. Right. I yep. mean, I think, I think most, at least people that I I've known in the past that have had bipolar have been more on the depressive side. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are the people that, that it tends to come up with so much more because people are like, why are you depressed all the time? And and all you're right. so dark and you're so whatever. Right. And it's like, so, so for those people, it's easier to kind of see or spot it. Right. right. And, and those people have a hard time, you know, getting out of that rut and, and coming out, but the people that are like you, that are more on the manic side, we look at, we look at manics and think, Oh, type a high achievers looks like they have everything in control. Right. Yeah. Because you're just always going right. And, and, yep. and, but then when you crash, you crash hard and yep. people and, and, the, and those crashes are usually hidden from everybody. It's like, you know, Where'd Rebecca go for the last week? I haven't seen her. Well, because she's in a depression and can't get out of bed. Right. But then all of a sudden it clicks and then you're back. Right. And yeah. it's like nobody really kind of notices. But I think, you know, too, especially with things like weight or other things. Right. I mean, people that are, that are more on the manic side, they're always trying all the different diets and they're going all yep. in and they're spending five hours at the gym and they're, they're doing all these things in society is saying, good, good going. <laughs> right. 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 But you're killing yourself by doing that. I think, right. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, how, how does that work? Cause again, I, we can talk, I, I, I have gotten depressive, but not from a, mm-hmm. from a, a, you know, diagnosis standpoint, but I've experienced manic periods of my life, depressive mm-hmm. periods of my life as well. So, but how is it, how is it like for you and like like you said, you know, to kind of experience that.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: again, some of the people that are listening have probably been misdiagnosed too and they may, you know, be able to go hold it. That's the way I feel too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's what's funny and what's sad that I the feelings that I get from you know, telling somebody, I don't hide it. You know, I don't I won't say that I broadcast it because yeah, it's not like
1: you're wearing it on your sleeve. It like, Hey, <laughs> everybody feel sorry for me. Cause I'm bipolar I, uh, right. oh, oh, or using it as an excuse, right? Like right. people will try to use things mm-hmm. like that as an excuse. Oh, it's because I'm, you know, whatever. Right. And, I, yeah. and I, I can't be any different.
0: Yeah. And that's the last thing I ever wanted. And, you know, I absolutely hit it at work because I didn't want, say I had a bad day or somebody was an asshole. You're right. And I, I call them out on it or I just have a moment. The person probably was an asshole, <laughs> you know, or the <laughs> moment was, was legit. But I don't want somebody to come back and say, oh, well, that's just because she is who he is, right? Like, I don't, yeah. I didn't want to have, that's not what I want to be known for. I want to be judged on my character and how I treat people and the kind of person that I am and my values not be labeled from something, you know, and that goes back to being labeled with weight right? Or it goes back and being labeled with, you know, maybe your culture or even just being labeled as on your age. You know, like, I I always say that, you know, the people in their 20s, (laughs) you know, and Gen Y, you know, all of those, um, they have a label, just like people who are in, you know, Gen X have labels. So I didn't want to be pigeonholed into a label. Um, And you know, I was never one of those people that went and disappeared for days. I'm the one who would just kind of go inside myself and get quiet, you know, and do whatever I had to do. But those were the times that I went, ran through my laundry list of why I was a failure. So why couldn't I lose weight when I didn't need to lose weight? Why couldn't I, you know, stop doing something, stop stepping on the scale? Why couldn't I just Eat what I'm supposed to eat. Why couldn't I not rely on a diet pill? You know, why do I have to keep going back and back to different programs that never worked? Because they were telling me that it's different now, right? They they tweak their marketing and they tell me it's different, new and improved, and I can do it. So, <laughs> change it's of not. color and it's a whole new program. Oh, yeah, uh, but you know that's what that's what my cycle was and you know, I I said that I started out in marketing and public relations and advertising over my, the course of my career. And I was involved with creating these campaigns, you know, and, you know, I've worked on Weight Watchers when Sarah Ferguson was the spokesperson. So we're, we're dating, dating myself here, going going back back early 20, uh, 2000s, Is that right? Yeah, probably like 2006 or so, 2005. Um, And I remember her sitting with me. It was just the two of us. And she says, You know what? She goes, I owe everything to Weight Watchers because they gave me my life back. I can fit in my clothes. I enjoy life. I enjoy food now. Um, You know, I don't have to worry about not, you know, stepping on the scale, all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, well, one, I was, you know, kind of conflicted. I was like, yes, you're absolutely correct. Because I was on Weight Watchers at the time. (laughs) I was going and standing in line at lunch, starving myself so I could be weighed in front of a room full of people. I mean, like when you think back at that kind of stuff, what?
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's like wrestlers, you know, the same thing for weigh in, you know, and they'll like go sweat it out so that there is, you know, and then then they go and hydrate and they're 5 pounds heavier again but it's 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 almost the same thing when you think about it that way as far as an analogy it's like everybody lining up to get weighed you know it's there's some accountability behind it and some of that stuff i understand too but probably a lot of the anxiety and other things that people are feeling too may not be that great with with that process right. as well but
0: i mean kudos to a program that makes you feel that it's okay to go put yourself on display Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I would have never done that for any other reason. Um, But yeah, I I remember her saying this and part of me was like, yes, you're absolutely correct. It's amazing. It's a lifestyle. And the other part of me is thinking I helped to create (laughs) the, the messaging and, you know, the branding and everything that goes behind it, that's making you feel that way. So, you know, the, the colors that, if you look at their website, which I just went and looked on it a couple of days ago, I hadn't you know, looked at Weight Watchers for years um, and I was on and off of it for 10 years, I'll, I'll say that. So the Kool-Aid was drank for a long time. But you know, even if you look at their, um, their sales page, it ha- it's blues and it's purples and you know, it's it, where you go to check out and actually pay, you know, that's the blues because that invokes trust right? And, you know, all of these feelings of you're doing the right thing. And then you go down a little farther, and you have pinks and blues and oranges, and they represent courage and energy and excitement and compassion and health. And so they're all just the colors alone are getting you excited to think that you're going to succeed. And I'm not saying that you're not going to succeed. You know, like, I don't want to, if somebody's on it, I don't, my goal here is not to make you feel bad about it at all. But what Weight Watchers won't tell you is that only 11% of people who go to the program actually are air quote success stories because they're banking on you being a return customer because it's a billion dollar business and businesses make more money off of returning customers than they do new customers. So, you know, that's, that was my life for a long time. And what's funny is having that kind of control was intoxicating. You know, it, it, it made me feel like I had some kind of power. You know, if you, you know, a lot of people say, I don't understand what you're saying, you know, with the branding. And I say, think about Subaru. So Subaru is one of the best brands ever created. Um, whoever came up with that, I don't know. Which agency came up with that? But it's phenomenal. So when you think of Subaru, what do you think of? You think of protection, safety, love, you know, the, the commercial that came out where the car was um, crunched up and then they fast forward and they say they survived, you know, and then it co- turns into a heart. So right there, people who don't even know anything about the car want the car because they want the emotion that came off of it. Diet brands and lifestyle brands, you know, are the same exact way. So, you know, rewinding back into my 20s when I was in that world and then everything I was going through, you know, personally, I was always conflicted, but it made sense to me because so was everybody else I was with right? So women in leadership positions, they would talk about the same thing. They would commiserate saying, Oh, I'm fat. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to take this diet pill. Um, so to me, it wasn't anything that was weird. It wasn't wrong. And they're doing the same thing. I am 20, 30 pounds older or years older, you know, maybe they don't need to lose weight. Maybe they do, you know, for health reasons. And it was just this cycle that I went through. And when I was going through it, I didn't know I was going through it because it was life. And I think that's what a lot of women, especially the type A's out there who, you know, portray this confidence and are moving up the corporate ladder and are owning their own business and are just running lives um, and crushing it. They don't know necessarily that there's anything wrong with it because it is who they are until they have the moment where they sit down in silence. And silence can be your worst enemy because that's where the real feelings come out. And then you take them and you either emotionally eat, you binge eat, you know, you beat yourself up over that. You feel shame and guilt. And why am I so weak? And why, why can't I do everything else in my life? Great. But I can't control myself with this. And then you take it all it's like a parachute. You take it all, you squish it into a little ball and you put it back in your, in the sleeve. and then it starts to pop back out and it pops back out. And then eventually it's out again and you go through it all again. So you emotionally, you binge, you beat yourself up and then you stuff it back in there. And then you get to a point that it no longer fits. So it starts to spill out into your life in other ways, your relationships, how you talk to people, you know, how your performance is at work, how you treat your kids, the relationship you have with your kids. Are you starting to put a wedge between you and them? Um, how you know all the young women in your life? Are they? How are they seeing you? You might, might not come out and say things, but like I said, kids see everything and they feel everything. Their ability to feel energy and what comes off of you is much more than a lot of adults. So you go through this vicious cycle that just is never ending, and either it's normal for you until you're alone you know, and then you don't know what to do. And then you go on Weight Watchers, or you go, you take a pill. Because when you're like I was, I didn't have time for long term things. Right? So I wanted the pill, I wanted the shakes, I wanted the the promises that were being made to me. Because if I just got that one thing under control, if I just lost that five pounds, then everything else would fall into place. My life would be perfect. You know, I would able to wear whatever i want i could eat whatever i want my relationship would be amazing but that's not what it is because you could lose five pounds you could lose 100 pounds if you haven't fixed what's inside you're still going to see that person when you look in the mirror that doesn't go away so
1: well like you said i think uh, yeah and i think too you know with with it that's why weight loss is such a is such a tricky thing. And that's why people continue to bounce around. Right. I mean, you, mm-hmm. people will go through, they'll lose weight. Everything's great. And six months later, they've got the weight back again. Right. And so then they yeah. get the next pill or the next shake or the next exercise regimen or whatever it is. And they lose some of the weight. And then they, six months, a year later, they go back right because they right. they've never they've never fixed or done that internal work like you said before it doesn't matter what's on the outside what matters is you know what's in your head and heart is what you pointed to right yeah. so for people that are listening audio wise but and i th- and i think it's interesting too because that that you know uh, you know we we crumble everything up and then we shove it back down mm-hmm. in the sleeve right and so that's mm-hmm. why you know to the rest of the world it looks like we have everything together Everything's yep. fine, right? And we keep doing that, but the problem is every time we do that, it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger right. and bigger. And like you said, at some point, it won't all fit back in that sleeve. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, that's then when other people start to recognize it or see it in yeah. in the way that you're reacting because it's literally overflowing. Mm-hmm. You can't compartmentalize and shove it down anymore and eventually everybody gets to that point right mm-hmm. where, where you can't you can't hide it anymore but i, I wanted to go back to because what you were talking about with sarah ferguson i thought was that was really interesting too where she said i i i didn't realize you know she'd used the product it sounds like before she was brought in to be a, a spokesperson as well so she'd actually gone through yeah and done it but again you know you can you can take her life And I mean, Mm. I would, I would never want to be in the spotlight like that (laughs) woman. I mean, that is right. (laughs) I mean, we, we already have enough body image issues and everything else, but to be in the public eye, like she is, and to have people say, I'm sure very mean things about her. Yep. No, and I, I can't remember. I mean, they had a couple of. She has a couple of kids if I remember right and and mm-hmm. obviously that changes women's bodies, you know yep. um and so there there's just some physiological things there too but 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 to the point you know like you said I'm I'm glad that Weight mm-hmm. Watchers helped her get her life back but why you know it, it's almost like there's a thing there's a thing before right It's like right why is is our society? telling her why is she believing that if she's 20 pounds overweight that her life isn't hers exactly right and so little things like well I can fit my clothes again I can wear what I want superficial it's superficial right I mean it's Mm in and 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 here's another thing right like with women's clothing sizes
0: oh (laughs)
1: Okay. Those are all fake numbers, folks. And, and, and you don't realize so that either. Fake. What What is a, a size 12 now used to be like a 20. And what is a 20 now used to be a 30. I mean, they're moving and these numbers all around.
0: Brand but, by brand. And
1: it's brand <laughs> yeah. by brand as well. Right. And so so what if you're, you know, in, but 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 so many people, again, we believe it. You know, if I'm not a size two or a size four, well, again, what if your body's not like that?
0: Right. You're you not know, meant you, to be that.
1: You're not to, you're not meant to be that. You got hips, right? And if you got right. hip, I mean, hips are a good thing. <laughs> they are. I mean, you know, but but if your body happens to have hips, you're never going to fit into some of those smaller sizes, right? Cuz they're just not made that way. And so what if instead we could get rid of some of those stories? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to be a size 10. It's all right to be a 12 or a 14. Right. 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 Or it's okay to carry a little bit extra weight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not who I am as a person.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, that, that brings in my mind for two, two separate things. So, one, you know, women like to use, and I was very guilty of this they like to use clothing as uh, motivation, right? If they're trying to lose weight. So they'll buy something that they're like, okay, when I hit my goal, I'm gonna be able to fit into these jeans or, you know, the swimsuit or whatever. Problem with that is, and I'm not against using clothes for motivation, but when you have such a big goal that you can't necessarily wrap your head around because you either haven't reached it before or you've reached it and you're back to where you started. So you already have the feeling of, you know, failure um every time that you can't get to it and you see that clothing sitting there for a year and you haven't been able to you know get to it but you're healthier than you were when you started you still think you failed so if you pick a piece of clothing that's like one size smaller and you use that as the small milestones so maybe it's one pant size down when you hit that you hit another you get another piece of clothing so you see the progress as you go on your journey instead of having these, this pair of pants that are 10 sizes smaller than what you are that, you know, I just threw away or donated a pair of jeans that I've had for eight years. They didn't fit me when I bought them. They didn't fit me. They've never fit me. They still the tag on them. And if they ever would have fit me, I would have looked like I was sick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. So and I forgot I had them. So I, I thought that was funny that I, I still was hanging on to those when I didn't. You know, they moved with me from Florida years ago, and I still couldn't get rid of them. Um, but going back to Sarah, if you—I know this is you were looking like 20 years ago, but if you follow her, she put all her weight back on. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily a lifestyle because diet brands aren't in it for the long haul with you.
1: No. And it's, and it's, you know, like you said, most, most of the programs, most of the pills, most of the shakes, it's all external superficial stuff that again, if you don't get to the inside work, you're going to, you're going to keep kind of going back and forth and back and forth. And I think again, that's, you know, kind of where you're at now is helping people do mm-hmm. that inside work so that they can have it for the long-term. They can be healthy for the long-term, right? And I'm guessing yeah. too, even trying to to break some of the paradigm shifts, right? Like like I'll just take me as an example, right? BMI, like I said, I, I think five foot nine, right, is literally telling me I should be like 140 pounds. Yeah. Ain't yeah. going to happen, right? Like I said, I was that when I was in 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 high school, but I got up to probably two forty. Mm-hmm. That's way more than I need to be. I mean, I could feel the physical effects, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't like I said, I haven't weighed myself in in for whatever, but I I, I must be back down around one between one eighty and one ninety right now, mm-hmm. and long term probably staying anywhere between 165 and 175 is probably a healthy weight for me Mm -hmm. right and I must be like I said I'm making progress I'm not weighing myself I could tell that I was having to cinch the belt up a lot more my you know shorts were loose so it was time (laughs) to go buy some new some new stuff this last week so that's good um and, and where it goes, you know, from there, who knows, but it's again, mm-hmm. not listening to what everybody else is telling me that I have to do and not right. having my personal identity tied to a particular number right, or a particular waist size or a particular whatever, right. It's trying to help decouple some of that stuff, which is what you're helping, helping people to do.
0: Yes. And you know, I, I don't say I'm a weight loss program because I'm not going to, we're not going to count calories, you know, and we're not going to weigh ourselves and, you know, all the stuff that most diet programs have you do. There's no specific types of food that are off limits, but when you get everything in balance and I I can talk about my program a little later, but when we get everything in balance, natural weight loss happens. Mm -hmm. So Yes, it could be looked at as a weight loss program, but it, it's a holistic body program that weight loss can be a byproduct of it.
1: Well, and I think that's, that's what's always so interesting to me is that when you do that inside work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's unintended consequences for everything we do, right? And yeah. if, you, if you focus on the weight loss, but you don't have the inside game under control, like you said, you just yo-yo back and forth, and a lot of people have have been that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus doing the inside work, all of a sudden you get the unintended consequences, right? So, right, I'm a poster child of that. I'm not a poster child, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I'm not out there. You know, I, I try to watch what I eat. Mm-hmm. A little bit, you know, make better choices. But it's like I, you know, I just had a burger and fries yesterday, right? But but I maybe have one a month, right? Um, and just doing little things with me and my my mental and emotional health and trying to love myself more and drinking more water, you know. But again, mm-hmm. I'm not really exercising
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like I, I probably should be, just from a health perspective but I'm still slowly losing weight without focusing on trying to lose weight. Right.
0: And that's the weight that'll stay off Mm -hmm. because you're not trying so you don't have to try to keep it off. It's just part of your life.
1: Just part of my life. Well, so, so how can, uh, you know, people reach out to you and talk a little bit about kind of how, how you're helping people do this. I mean, we've given them, obviously it's not a pillar of shake it's more about doing some of the inside work but yes. what is some of that kind of stuff and how, how do you kind of do that that makes you different from everybody else
0: sure yeah so like I said it's it's not a diet program um we go through mindset work so first we look through you know we get to the root of why you've been yo-yo dieting you know is that you know I'm not gonna let me start off by saying that I'm I'm not a licensed therapist, you know, so I don't want anyone to come in and think that we're gonna start doing therapy work. You know, there's there's definitely some counseling that can go into it, but it's more of guidance and talking about my experience and using, you know, cognitive behavior, behavior therapy techniques, you know, like um, writing, you know, writing stuff down and working through them. And, you know, I, it's funny as I don't require or have people journal and I don't have them meditate because if that's something that you want to do and it works for you or you want to try it, absolutely go for it. There are some great things that you can do, but a lot of people, especially where I find people who are like me, you get bored and you can't do it. So then you feel like you failed. And also with journaling, a lot of times we get in the, The momentum of writing down what's wrong and just constantly reinforcing the bad, you know, the negative thoughts and the self doubt, because we think that we're purging it, right? Putting it on paper, we're purging it, we're getting out there. But what you're doing a lot of times is you're not then going into the positive parts and you're not talking about gratitude and you're not talking about the changes, the positive changes that you're seeing. So you have this notebook full of negativity that you open every day and you continue to go through. So, you know, if somebody wants a journal, we talk about it and we talk about the, the best way, the most positive way to do it. Um, You know, we go through stress management. So, you know, it's foundational stuff, but it's not sitting there, you know, with nutrition. I also talk about sustainable nutrition. I'm not going to teach you necessarily about, you know, the foundations of you should eat three veggies a day, you know, or whatever the we learn, right? So instead, I'm going to take, I'm going to teach you nutrition, and I'm going to teach you how it affects your body, how it affects your weight, the not real weight stuff, right? Or how it affects your, um, your brain. You know, a lot of women say I have brain fog. There's so many things connected to your diet and your lifestyle that could be bringing on that brain, uh, brain fog. And it's not necessarily because you're tired. You know, it's everything is connected. So we look at the basics, food, you know, uh, stress management, sleep, um, all that good stuff. But then I connect it to the bigger picture, and we get really get in there and we dig in there. And you know, I I tell women you're going to be uncomfortable, <laughs> like in the program. This is not something you're going in and you know, like the next day you're going to be like, I love myself. This is great. You know, that's not how it works because to get to the root of why things haven't been working for you for years, maybe your whole life, that takes some digging because you remember that parachute, yeah. you know, and you'd stuff it down. We need to pull that all out, right? And we need to address that. And then we need to say why, when you are triggered at work, you know, somebody says something, you go home and your first thought is to binge on everything in your fridge, right? Or to eat all the snacks that you bought your kids that are off limits foods but you would never touch until you're triggered. So let's talk about that trigger and how we can put steps in place that when you are triggered, you don't go and clean out your fridge and then feel shame and anxiety and think that you fail. So it's a holistic approach using, it's really simple. It's actually simple, but what I say is it's not easy because it's going to make you uncomfortable and it's not a quick fix so
1: yeah because it's always you know it's taking you time to get to where you're at it -hmm. takes some time to get to where you want to go right but that's why everybody wants the pill they want the shake they want the instant gratification but that's why they get short-term results but they never fix the long term Right. So again, if you if, if you just want short-term results and get into the, the wedding dress, fine, go do a shake, starve yourself for a few weeks, and you're gonna mm-hmm. get into the dress. Yep. But after the wedding, you're never gonna wear that dress again. Right. Because then you, you <laughs> kind of go back to being what you were and, and what you were doing before, and mm-hmm. and your life is gonna go back to that. But it's it's making those slow changes to your life every day by getting some of these better habits, by looking at stuff, what's triggering you, right? And a lot of it in my, you know, I, I see not just for weight, but for a lot of things, the stress and anxiety that people have mm-hmm. are big triggers and you're being bombarded with it all the time. And if you don't understand how to manage yourself emotionally, right? you're not going to get through some of these things because you're going to continue to go back to the binge eating or Mm -hmm. yelling and screaming at somebody, right. Or, you know, what, whatever these things happen to be of reacting to a trigger instead of responding Mm -hmm. and doing things differently. And until you get out of that, until you learn some of these things from people like Rebecca, you're not going to get out of it. You're just going to keep yo-yoing or still being on this merry-go-round that keeps going and going and going mm-hmm. and going and going. Um, so I think it's fabulous what you were doing.
0: Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. I love it. I, I absolutely, I get so much joy and pleasure out of, you know, I had a client who just texted me the other day and she said, we call it, you know, non-scale victories. Um, And she's like non-scale victory pair of pants that I haven't been able to, you know, zip up in months, maybe even last year. And I could zip them up today. I just tried them on, you know, and it's stuff like that, that you have to recognize the small wins because they're not small. We've just been told that they're small, you know, because we're not seeing the huge weight loss. And, you know, I had people often ask me, what was your catalyst? And, there's never like an aha huge moment you know it's it's probably a series of pivotal moments but i would say my biggest one was meeting a woman in my my mid 30s early to mid 30s and she loved who she was and she you know she didn't have what society would think is the perfect body you know she she was fit she was a coach she actually turned into my personal trainer and we became very good friends but I envied her so much because she was just so content and happy with who she was. And then I found out like a year later that she went through her past mirrored mine Mm. and she just worked through it and became who I wanted to be. So the way I run my program is I want to embody who she is. And because of her, I've gotten to where I am. Now I'm not going to say I don't have days, Right. That I I look at myself and I'm like, oh, you know, but the difference between me 10 years ago, five years ago, even, is that if I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, normally, you know, in the past, I would have focused on that. Everything would have revolved around that. But now I can look at it and be like, wait a second. What? I'm, You know, whatever. I'm talking crazy here. You know, I know that that doesn't matter and I just move on. So that's how you, that's how I measure progress is you don't have, things can still creep in. You're still human, you know, but it's the way you deal with them, it's the tools you have. So in my program, it's to give you the tools to not beat yourself up when you have those moments, those speed bumps, but to not go so far down the rabbit hole that you start thinking you failed and you have all the, you know, the cycle of terrible thoughts and, you know, it's saying, you know what? I had a moment or, you know what? I ate dessert for dinner or I had a couple glasses of wine or I had a burger. Okay. How did I feel during that? I enjoyed every bite. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not stepping on a scale tomorrow. So I don't know if it's making it go up or down and I'm going to move on. That's, that's what life is. And that's what you want to put out to future generations, you know, is that living your life is okay. And that natural weight loss can happen once everything is imbalanced, if weight loss is a goal. You know, it's actually not a goal for everybody. So my program works with both types, you know, of people. And it really is just getting down to the root of liking who you are and being okay with who you are and being okay with your so-called air quote, you know, flaws. Because only you see them as flaws. Nobody else does.
1: Yep. Well, and that's a great way to kind of end. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we've been talking about weight loss, but we haven't been talking about weight <laughs> <Right>. loss. <laughs> yeah. So you know, go back, listen to this again. But it's, uh, I love what you said there at the end. You know, natural weight loss happens when you are in balance. Yeah. And most things in life that you want will naturally happen when you are in balance.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to say that again.
1: I'll say that again, right? (laughs) That pretty much everything you want, right? It will just naturally happen when you are in balance. Yep. So. All right, and there's more to that, <laughs> but, but we can't talk. And we can't get That's into a whole all other two-hour conversation. That's a whole other two hour conversation. Yeah. but Rebecca, thank you uh, for coming on here. I know you know. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening are like, "Man, she's pretty cool. I want to connect with her." How's <laughs> How's the best way for for people to kind of reach out to you and and get to know you? You know, learn a little bit about some of the the tips or tricks that you're doing and how you're yep. helping people.
0: So the best way is my my private Facebook page, because then I'm going to share, like you said, tips, uh, my story, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a, a group of women in there who are going the same through the same exact thing as, you know, the women who are, who want to join it. So it's called life beyond the scale for high achieving women. And it's a, a private Facebook group. So it's a safe space. You, know, you can say whatever you want. Um, you can ask me questions. I'm available on, you know, DM. I offer, you know, 30 minute free calls, you know, for a one topic, free call to go through something. If you have questions, um, there's information about my program in there. So lots of good stuff. And it's just, it's also a support system. You know, it's, it's a place that you can feel safe and you don't have to pretend that you're somebody else like you might in the rest of your life.
1: Well, and I think that's what's, what's most you know, what is so important too, because a lot of us, most of us are out here fighting the good fight every day. yeah. And we think we're the only ones going through this. We're the only <laughs> ones that are thinking the way that we're thinking. And we think everybody else is, is looking at it. So secrets that we have, yep. right. That are literally, literally kind of eating us from the inside out. Mm-hmm. But there's groups like this, you know, life beyond the scale of high achieving women, where there's other people going through the same thing. Right, yeah. and it's like it is so freeing to to meet other people who are going through the same thing that you are. Right, right, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. There's somebody that I just connected, I've known for a long time, but I got a much deeper knowing of who they are and what they're going through mm-hmm. this last week. And we joked that we're twins, right? Because it's like. <laughs> Thank you there's so you know because we're in this group with everybody everybody else, and we're kind of looking around like, "Damn, damn, damn, you know <laughs> it's like little me but you know she is was going through and 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 experiences and you know things very similar to me mm-hmm. as well and and just knowing that there's at least one other person out there and being able to talk to them and share experiences there's huge value in that. Right, because we you don't have to fight the good fight alone. There's plenty yeah. of other people around here who want to help you, you know. But we just have to have that courage to reach out and and do it. So yeah, go get go get in Rebecca's Facebook group because she's <laughs> she's pretty cool. I promise she's she's not pretty cool, she's really cool. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you um for coming yeah. on here. And like I said, this is a there's a lot more in this than what was there, soup. On, on the surface
0: there is, there is as with everybody everybody has their stories and you just have to embrace your story and enjoy the journey right not necessarily the journey of life but the journey of your transformation whatever that may be whether it's weight loss whether it's whatever you are aiming to do in life find like people puts the spark of possibility out there and you know, make something seem a little more attainable.
1: Yep. Perfect. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, thank uh, you. Love this.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, if you ever need me again for a different topic.
1: Well, we've got other, lots of other ones that we can end up going down then as to as well. So we will be doing that. Lots soon. of
0: rabbit sure. hole, right?
1: Lots of rabbit hole, and I love <laughs> rabbit holes. So we'll have to do a rabbit hole edition too. So we
0: will. I <laughs> could be, I could get in some trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, go out, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the podcast. See ya. Bye bye. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will, too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.